0: Hey guys, you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. You don't right. have to scoop to anyone. Right. Even hey. your mom, you know, when
1: she's in <laughs> a top eight and you're gonna walk <laughs> around, man. So we're going. <laughs> we moved into the ballsy portion
0: of <laughs> There's some things you just can't buy in Vermont. Yeah, like like Mex- the Mexican food, together. you can't buy Mexican food. <laughs> Welcome to Leaving a Legacy. This is episode 26, and this is Mathematrix for Adrian, and with me is... Yeah, it's is, me. It's
1: me. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, in fact. Jeremy. <laughs> How are you doing, Jeremy? <laughs> uh, master, master of missing triggers, master of missing cues. <laughs> um, How I'm you doing, doing, I'm doing good. Not Not as well as you, though. I hear you're in sunny Florida right now. I am I am recording via satellite. It's recording yes.
0: <laughs> live in the field. <laughs> live in the field. Yep. Oh yeah. And uh, so, and and you know this this there's some funny shit about that, Jerry. All right. Now you saw I posted up on Twitter. Uh, tin fins set off the metal detector. I did. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Airport so, tin fins. Yeah, I did. I did this really like last minute thing where I'm like, uh, you know, my boss gave me he's like just book the flight, and I'm like they're fucking doing it then and uh so i booked the flight last minute i'm packing getting shit together and i'm like what am i gonna find down there for magic anyway am i gonna even bother trying to find magic what the hell i might as well just uh, uh you know um i left i left uh so what i ended up grabbing with me i grabbed uh romario Neto's 75 from his burning reanimated deck but i, I did change a card in the sideboard um, <laughs> so it's 74 so, it's Seventy-four Romario's cards, and uh, I, I figured I may not find Legacy. I should probably find. I should probably bring Modern 2, So I packed Modern Gorio's Vengeance, and Legacy Tinfin. Well, Legacy Burning Reanimator anyway, and uh, and one of, one of my trade binders. Went, Fuck, I'll just go down there with this, and we'll see what happens. So, I, and I get to the airport, and it wasn't so much that Tinfin set off the metal detector, but when it went through the X-ray machine, you know they're looking at like uh what is this dense <laughs> dense square object
1: in here
0: i'm only bringing one bag as a carry-on, carrot one way flight comes, <laughs> the guy comes over he's like whose bag is this i'm like mine he's like i gotta open this you okay i'm like yeah and he opens it and i'm like what the hell would he be worried about in my bag so he opens it up and he goes right for the deck boxes and i'm like oh okay yeah and he's like i gotta open these is that all right i'm like yeah just be careful with them they're kind of expensive And and he let me open it, and I kind of show him, like, just a bunch of trading cards. (laughs) He's like, all right, and, like, sends me on my way. (laughs) And uh, so now, so I I flew from, uh, I took off out of Hartford and landed in Tampa, and I I get to Tampa, grabbed a rental car real quick, and the first thing I did was go over to one of the stores. I went to a magic store, and I'm like, you know, and I had called the night before to a different store. I'm like, you guys do Legacy? And not so much. And I get down, I, I go to the Southern Storm. You guys do you guys do legacy? And they said no. I'm like, all right, well, while I'm here, let me see what you guys have for inventory anyway. Uh do you have a lion's eye diamond? Uh yes, we have two of them. Alright, I'll I'll take one. So there's my playset. Now I can put together the epic Stall.
1: You flew to um, Florida to buy a lion's eye
0: diamond. <laughs> well no, I flew to Florida for other reasons, but while I was here I might as well find a lion's eye diamond. I've been to like Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Rhode Island trying to find one. I'm like, ah, fuck it. I'm here. I'll just grab it. Yeah. And uh, so, I, so I grabbed a lion's eye diamond. I could put together uh, the epic storm. And kept going around, drove around for a little while, and checked out a couple other stores. Now, this is the part that like uh, you might you might fall asleep here, but this this is fucking crazy. So I got you know. And so my aunt invited me down. So I'm gonna come down to my aunt's place. And, uh, so she texts me the address and I got a couple hours to kill. I'm going around these stores. I'm like, all right, well, let me go find my aunt's place now. I'm driving down the road. I got the GPS calling and I get to, I get to what I think is the address. Now this may bore the fucking piss out of you, but (laughs) I don't know. You you say it's fucking crazy, but it's going to bore the piss out of me. So I'm, I'm getting mixed messages here. Okay. So I'm (laughs) driving down the road and I think I find the address because the number is over the garage I'm like, all right, this must be the right place. And I pull over and I get out and I walk up to the garage and there's a car in it with the hood open. And I'm thinking I can't be at the right place. Um, because somebody would have mentioned this car to me, I think. And like, maybe you got to be a car buff to really appreciate this fact, but I walk up to the garage and there's a hood open and I start looking. I'm going to, I'm going to say some things. Are you a car buff at all? Day? Oh yeah. I love cars. Okay. See I wanna see if you can name the car as I'm describing what I'm seeing. Just okay. interrupt me whenever jump in whenever you think you got it, okay? I walk up nineteen sixty seven Aston Martin. I uh, know. Uh, <laughs> the, the garage door is open and the hood is popped. Nineteen sixty six. And it's black. Sorry, go on. <laughs> I swear I'll stop being a dick. Go and on. Everything is black. <laughs> the garage doors open, the hood's popped, I walk up. There's a V six front facing engine, rear wheel drive car with a t- turbo on it. Okay. I'm thinking somebody would have told me this. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm looking, I'm like, that's really a fucking Grand Do you know what a Grand National is? No, i have
1: not familiar with Grand <laughs> National. Let's pull it up here. I'm pulling it up right so, now.
0: Yeah, so right around the early to mid-80s, Buick made a Grand National. It's a V6 turbo looks like every other fucking mid-size car, but they were insane fans. They're they're awesome. You never see them. And especially where I'm from, where we're from, the salt doesn't let those cars live.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Um, I'm I'm looking, I'm like... What, are you pulling up a picture?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm looking at it right now. All
0: right. Does does it look vaguely familiar?
1: Yeah, it looks familiar, but it, it... I wouldn't see that and have it stand out to me. Maybe, maybe it's just a, a different era. It reminds me of all those cars that they would drive in, like the yeah like, maybe
0: different era.
1: good cop bad cop uh, movies. That's what it reminds me of. Like nineteen eighties uh right.
0: cop so, movies. Well, the, thing with the, the thing with the Grand National is they were beating Corvettes and they were a six cylinder. Oh wow! And. and and I just, I don't see him where I'm from, so I'm walking down and I'm like, somebody would have told me about a Grand National. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think I'm at the wrong place, but it turns out I'm at the right place. Yeah. Um, my uncle, apparently, he bought this car when it was new, it's been stolen twice, and he's gotten it back both times. I'm like, <laughs> Well, I mean, clearly the
1: thieves know it's how good it. of a car it is.
0: <laughs> so I come down here, I went to a couple of magic shops, uh, saw a Grand National, drove around um and yeah so while i'm down here what i think i want to try to do i just filled out the deck list i'm going to take a ride over to that um i think it's like a four-hour ride but i might go down there anyway to that south florida magic
1: oh yeah check that place out
0: yeah it's there's a place called docking bay games and apparently they play play out of there i'm tempted to go it's a four-hour ride but i might go over there anyway just to play some legacy yeah, I absolutely. went. To, yeah, I went to a couple of stores in the area here. Uh, where the hell did I go? Serenity Games. Uh, the guy behind the counter was a dickbag bag, uh, <laughs> but it was my impression anyway. Not, it was. Uh, yeah, it wasn't a place I returned to. It's just. Sure. Um, I went to a place called the Wizard's Cupboard, which was interesting because it was well, listed on nice the wizard name site. for a store. Yeah, it was listed on the wizard site, and like, all right, let me go there. And there's some tables, and there's nobody playing. Uh, the guy, he. He doesn't really focus on tournaments. He really focuses on onli- online stuff, like online sales and stuff. Really cool guy named George. Um, you know, I, we, shit, I we talked for, like, I want to say almost two hours. Um, wow. Yeah, I got a lot of information out of him. He was a really, really fucking cool guy. And I asked him, like, he, pa- he apparently has chains in stock. He apparently has, like, Ooh. all sorts of stuff. in stock. Dude, he had packs of Urza's Saga. No, I Prince love of- stores
1: like that. They got the oh. oldies and goodies behind the counter.
0: But his prices were so good. like yeah, he, he does a lot of sealed product, but his prices were really fucking good, too. Nice. And, Is that uh, where
1: you got the uh, Lion's Eye from?
0: No, I picked that up at a place called, uh, I think it was Armada Games. And then I went over to Kitchen Table. Uh, yeah, Kitchen Table Games just before we started recording, and I picked up a Past in Flames, and I found a copy of Choke. So I grabbed a Past in Flames and a Choke. Nice.
1: How much was, how did a bunch of the Choke run you? I'm curious. Uh Expensive. I think it was like six fifty. Yeah, not surprised. Choke went way up in value during the Treasure Cruise time. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> it hasn't really gone down since.
0: <laughs> if anything, so I think it's
1: still ticked up a couple.
0: Yeah, so I, I picked up a choke, and I picked up a, the Past and Flames was five bucks. Yeah, oh, you
1: should let me know. I have I have like three extra Past and Flames.
0: Well, the thing is, I probably have one at home, but I'm going to go home and put together the epic stone and be like, fuck, and I was just looking at it, so I figured <laughs> I'd just, just grab it anyway. Exactly. Uh, uh, and, you know, I, the one kid, wanted, he was tempted to trade for, uh you know, they mentioned Zendikar lands are going to get reprinted, which, I mean, it's not... Uh, it's not guaranteed. Everyone's just assuming that they're going to get reprinted. I Everybody's mean... assuming and not confirmed, and whether or not they do, I'm not, like, jumping out of my fucking skin over it. If I... Tr- I'm not, and and like my thing was, I may get rid of my Zendikar fetches, but I'm not going to do it until after SCP Worcester. Yeah, so exactly, I,
1: I wouldn't bet against them reprinting them because if they're going to reprint them anywhere they would probably reprint them there but by no means am i like selling my fetches because i'm just gonna assume i can pick them up cheaper when they get reprinted because those are the people that are going to get burned (laughs) when they don't get reprinted and then they've sold out of all their fetch lands
0: there's that i mean and part of it is you know it's if they do return to Zendikar with the core set, doesn't that make all ten fetches standard legal?
1: Yeah, all ten fetches would be standard legal. But oh, yeah. if you keep, an, if you think about it, though, they had all ten uh, Shocklands standard legal, and Shocklands are better mana fixing than the fetchlands are because if you don't have dual lands to grab. Fetchlands are only fetching basic lands, so they're only fixing your mana on that one turn. The next turn, you may need a different color mana and not be able to use it because you fetched for the basic forest instead of the basic mountain. You got a good point there. So, as far as, like, standard is concerned, having all ten fetches in standard isn't nearly as good as having all ten shocks or all ten other duels.
0: Now what do you think, what do you think of the possibilities where if they, you know, if they do this return to Zendikar instead of the Zendikar fetches, that they would just do the filter lands instead? Yeah, that's what I've been hearing people talk
1: about, which I'd be okay with that. Filter lands never really cracked into legacy, they just weren't good.
0: Well, it's not that they weren't good enough, it's just legacy has better options. Legacy's got better options, but I have seen the filter lands as, usually it's the, the, what is it, Mystic Gate is a one of and,
1: uh. In miracles, in- yeah, Miracles run as a one of. Um, what I'm actually, I was kind of disappointed that, uh, we didn't get the Enemy Color Man Lands in, uh, Cons of Tarkir, so I'm hoping we get those in, uh, in, uh, Return, or what is it, Battle for Zendikar? Yeah, Battle for Zendikar. Because, like what,
0: the red-green one or some shit? What well, the yeah, color? like, you
1: know, like, Celestial Colonnade. Um, is that Bi- enemy
0: color?
1: No, those are the allied color. That's Those oh, were okay. in, like, I think it was Worldwake. The one that uh, really uh, saw Legacy play was Creeping Tar Pit, a.k.a. Right. AKA the Jace Killer. <laughs> um, oh,
0: really? Is that was this, is well, this yeah, what because it's it? I thought well, Bloodbraid Elf was the Jace Killer.
1: Well, I mean, Bloodbraid Elf is as well, but Creeping Tar Pit was the Jace Killer because it's a land so Jace can't okay. bounce it. And then it's unblockable, so they basically have to have instant speed removal in order to deal with it. Gotcha. Um, but it sees legacy play in uh okay. something like bug control lists or blue-black control lists, uh, yep. because it's real, real good. It's it's a little expensive to activate, but so that's why it's limited to the more control-style decks. Mm-hmm. But I would really like to see the enemy color cycle come out because I'm sure at least one or two of them would be legacy playable. Uh, hmm. You know, Creeping Tarpits legacy playable. Celestial Colonnade isn't quite legacy playable, but it's definitely modern playable. Oh, yeah. And then there was, like, Raging Ravine was really good for green-red. Um, yeah, I, I forget what the other ones are. I, I didn't really play during that time, so I'm, I'm not too familiar on full cycles back then.
0: But what you're saying, is, what you're saying though is that they actually haven't made enemy man lands yet, right? Yeah,
1: they haven't come out with enemy colored man lands, so I'm really thinking that's going to come out for a Battle for Zendikar, and I wouldn't be surprised if that was the big land cycle in Battle for Zendikar instead of the uh, fetch lands. Because mm. yeah. they probably wouldn't do both. Granted, it's going to be a two block cycle, so they have two chances to have two cycles of lands. Mm-hmm. And if any set is going to have, uh, you know, multiple cycles of rare lands, it would be the land-based set.
0: That actually makes me curious. I wonder how they're going to do drafts. Like, are they going to do drafts now where it's just three packs from this set, three packs from that set, or is it three packs from the first, two and one from the second? Yeah. yeah like, how are they actually going to do the drafts up and then... I think it's going to be three because...
1: three packs of the first one, and then when the second set comes out, it's going to be two packs and one pack, the kind of the same way that it does now when uh, the second set comes out in a block.
0: And then it makes it seem like uh, the drafting cycle is going to move so much faster that less of those packs will actually be opened anyway. Uh,
1: yeah, I know. I follow the Magic Finance community pretty closely, and people are quite in a buzz for the whole uh, shake-up that's going to come with the new schedule on uh, sets because sets are coming out faster. And you know, like you said, people aren't going to draft sets for as long. And drafting is honestly how the vast majority of cards enter the marketplace.
0: Oh, drafting and sealed, yeah.
1: So there's there's going to be the opportunity for those, some of those really good cards, especially later on down the line, the legacy playable cards, to really spike up in value. Um, You know, we may be entering into a whole new era of uh, card prices.
0: Yeah, unless they just start printing, you know, more copies of a card, like more reprints repeatedly.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, that that's one way to look at it, that, you know, faster, faster print cycle doesn't necessarily mean faster design cycle. They're going to reuse things a lot more often, uh, which would probably be nice. Well said. Um, I saw people were uh, lamenting on uh, Twitter today about the price of Snapcaster Mage. Why is that? uh well he's he's gone through the roof and people are for a lot of people are just recently realizing it he uh he touched fifty dollars on TCG pay, uh player today
0: I should thank you then yeah <laughs> I got you then for what like twenty no well you got me to place it for a hundred yeah place it for a hundred
1: another i mean
0: there was one that was pretty uh pretty beaten but mm-hmm. like it's uh I just figured I should grab the playset for 100, and now I'm watching. I'm like, yeah, that probably wasn't a bad idea. Yeah, I'm kicking myself
1: for not getting the Japanese ones now.
0: Uh, I don't know that I'm kicking myself, but (laughs) it wasn't that long ago I actually had 12 of them, and I probably should have just held on to them.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I got them a while ago, so I'm pretty happy. But yeah they crept up and no one really noticed and then someone on Twitter today is like, hey did anyone else see that Snapcaster page is 50 bucks now <laughs> and everyone was like no I did not realize that
0: <laughs> so this, this, this was kind of cool right I went into um, I was telling you about that wizards cupboard yep and uh, and I'm, I'm gonna even so I'm, I want to check out his website when I get a chance to because it was
1: uh, sometimes and, you just find those stores and you got to... <laughs> Give them your business.
0: <laughs> yeah, and all, and he, what he's he he some guys that go in and play EDH sometimes, um, but he's he's he acknowledged that like trying to handle a tournament based store is a failing business model. Really? Okay, go on. All right. Well, pitch a te. If te didn't actually make a profit off comics and shit, you think they'd actually be alive to selling Magic cards?
1: Uh, I think so.
0: Really? Uh, yeah. You just watch this game is a game this system. Oh, like
1: they they probably wouldn't have tournaments the same way they do, but okay, I can see your point. But no, look at uh, Die Hard Games down Prana just north of Providence. Okay. Die Hard Games uh, is a game-based store and they do all right. Sure.
0: So, um I'm not going to debate this guy's business model. I mean, he's got a business model, and that's what he's kind of working with, and it's, it was cool. But, like, he's got some guys that go in and play EVH, and he's got, like, all the singles, and he does his online business. And um, he's got sealed product. So when I walked in, you know, somebody looked at me like, you had to pick up an order? And and I said, no. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, is there anything? And I look, and, like, he's got some cards in the case, but he doesn't have a price, because he's, he's not a typical... He's not a gaming <laughs> store. He is a... Hard store
1: yeah well especially you mentioned he's an he's an online based
0: well he does Um, a lot of online yeah
1: yeah so i mean people who are online based recognize that prices fluctuate quickly so they're not going to bother pricing cards and cases because that's just more work for them when they have to go and reprice them every day you know
0: there's there's that but there's also uh he's not really he doesn't really price like he he's got sealed product that's what like he does at the store i mean so i walked in he's like uh and he starts explaining to me he's like you know is there anything you're looking for i'm like i don't know i'm just trying to figure out what you got he's like well i have everything from unlimited forward wow he's got he has sealed unlimited wow how much were those running (laughs) i i didn't even ask (laughs) he walked in one day and they're like and he's like you know they they were looking for something he's like yeah i have everything unlimited forward and sealed product and he's like oh well how much is a box of unlimited and he had to kind of think about it he's like uh, it's probably not actually even for sale. <laughs> 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 um, uh, fourth edition, ultimate fourth edition starter decks, like sealed. I mean, it was just like, really, um, he sells to more of the stores that are in the area too. Um, and, uh, and then I went to like, I, one of the other stores I went to, I ended up picking up a strong, what is it, stronghold gambit. Strong, that's
1: um
0: one that's colorless, so red, one so red.
1: So. Yeah, one colorless, one
0: red. Each player
1: reveals a permanent card from their hand, and the player who reveals the card with the lowest converted mana, or it's a creature card. Not even it's a permanent a card, card, it's a creature card. Whoever does the lowest converted mana cost uh, puts it into play.
0: Right, so I figured Cabal Therapy thought sees Burning Reanimator just Stronghold Gambit.
1: Yeah, yeah, Caleb Gerwald had a uh, deck based around Stronghold Gambit. It was black, red, uh, Black Red Reanimator sneak attack. Uh, that was pretty cool because he actually calculated it. Um, the meta's shifted a little bit since he did that, but mm-hmm. people playing Legacy like creatures aren't as common in Legacy as they are in other formats. Yep. Legacy is a very spell-driven format compared to Modern or definitely Standard. Oh. Um, we play mm-hmm. high-impact creatures, you know, Tarmogoyf and Stoneforge Mystics and Delvers.
0: Yeah, I'm, th- I'm thinking the alternate as far as like the creature decks that I-, I actually hadn't really thought about like Deathblade and shit. My thing was like I could probably get away with strong with Stronghold Gambit, except for Murfolk and Elves and Death and Taxes.
1: Yeah, exactly. Basically, those are the three decks you have to worry about. Um, yeah. But like, even like I would say, like uh Rug Delver is probably the middle of the line as far as you know creature decks go, and that deck runs twelve creatures. So yep. if, if that's average and it's only running 12 creatures, your chances of hitting on Stronghold Gambit are pretty good. And then when you combine with, you know, Thought and Cabal Therapy, it it gets even better.
0: Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking like, even in, uh, maybe Romario's 75 anyway, I might stick, I might try a Strong, arm strong Gambit out of the sideboard to Burning Wish and just, just see if I want, I don't know if I want that instead of Show and Tell, but maybe alongside of it over Reanimate.
1: Something like that. Yeah, it was basically a way to cut blue from the deck. Um, just make it strictly black-red. Uh, uh-huh. But he, in his testing, he found uh, that the Stronghold Gamut was so good that he actually moved it main.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, because often enough, unless you really ran into... Elves was the big one. Uh, he yeah. he posted some videos Caleb Derwalt did. And it was actually really funny because he draws his hand... And it's like, Land, Lotus Petal, Emmer cool Stronghold Gambit. And it's game one. And he's like, well, I gotta go for it and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> so he goes, Land, Lotus Petal, Stronghold Gambit. And then his opponent reveals, uh, elvish Mystic. Mm-hmm. So he just gives his Elves uh, opponent a turn one, uh, a elvish Mystic on turn zero. A yeah, <laughs> <And>, ramp. <laughs> yep, exactly. He's like, well, it didn't really work out, but we'll see how this goes. <laughs> mm. It was pretty funny, but, yeah, I, I definitely love Stronghold Gambit. I picked up four of them and then never put the deck together. I've mean, It's on my bucket list of decks I want to play. I thought you were playing it for a little while, weren't you? Um, I never played it in a tournament. I think I, like, was testing it for a while, but I never actually, you know, pulled the Pull trigger on it. Yeah. Oh, okay, all right. Huh. Uh, definitely very fun, especially when you combine it with Sneak Attack. It was running like four stronghold gambit, four sneak attack, and then like two through the breach.
0: Yeah, I guess I could see strong. Yeah, I could see stronghold gambit and like fucking mono red sneak attack.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. mono red sneak attack with stronghold gambit through the breach, then just emerald grizzlebrand.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Big red.
0: Hmm. Do you do any? Do you do any legacy this week? Nah, it was the stupid pre-release. <laughs> Sad sack. Uh, you didn't do nothing on moto either.
1: Oh, I did a daily event. I actually put uh, Esper together on Modo. Uh, mm-hmm. Jerry, Jerry Thompson posted a uh, pretty sweet uh, Esper list. And I have to say, Tassiger is pretty good in that, in that list.
0: Are you saying you were wrong on Tassiger? I'm not healthy. saying I was
1: wrong on Tassiger. I'm just <laughs> saying I didn't analyze all possible decks with Tassiger. I still <laughs> think Tassiger is good in, like, Bug Delver. I do think Tassiger is good in Esper. Um, because he's kind of a, the deck runs two of them, and he's like a beefy threat that can't get Abrupt decayed, or Lightning Bolted in Esper that lets you it basically is a black Tarmogoy for that deck, and then Esper is also a mid-range to like slightly long-range deck so you actually do have times where you can activate his ability but in, I, th- I played eight matches with the deck, and I think I activated Tasker only twice out of eight matches. But
0: was he good enough
1: sitting on his own? He's very much just a black Tarmogoy for that deck, which was good enough. It was a little awkward. The deck runs two Dig Through time, two Tasker, and there were a couple times when I had both of them in hand, and I c- yeah. could not fill my graveyard up fast enough to use both of them.
0: Right, double Tassiger seems weird. And that's it's kind of the awkward thing about Dig Through Time. I
1: mean, yeah, I mean, I may have to cut one Tassiger, but the Dig Through Times were awesome in that mm-hmm. deck. Uh, list was very fun, but it's so unforgiving. It's just, if you make the smallest mistake, the game is over.
0: Well, yeah, it's control. you got to be able to control accurately, right? Yeah, you got to control accurately.
1: And it's also such a 50-50 deck. It's like you can beat any deck in the format, but you can also lose to any deck in the format. Okay. Um, yeah, alright.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's main deck Swords to
1: Plowshares, right? Yeah, you're not a dog to anything. Like, you're running Thought Season and no. Force of Will, so your combo matchup no. is good. You're I'm, running...
0: I'm, I'm thinking I'll keep because there's a main deck Swords to Plowshares. Oh, look, it's Ad Nauseam Tendrils. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that's the thing. is like, you're
1: 50-50 against every deck in the format, which is good if you like being able to be prepared for everything, but it also means you don't have any free wins. There's no just, like, matches where you <laughs> spike them. Right. Yeah, there's no like when you're playing tin fins and you sit down against elves, you're like, Hell yeah. Right, right. Um, you don't yeah. ha- you have to earn every win with that deck. Which is mm-hmm. good. I you know, I like it for the dailies, which are just four four match tournaments because I can put that concentration and you know, level of detail into four matches, but I don't think I would ever take it to like an SCG or a bigger tournament where I have to go nine rounds with it because I'm gonna get tired. Fatigue is a thing. I'm not yeah. going to be able to concentrate in, you know, around rounds five, six, seven, and I'm going to make mistakes. And when you make mistakes with that deck, you lose.
0: And like for me, I'm going to want a cigarette at some point soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you go against any of, like
1: it's, the deck is fine if you're playing against other fair decks, but if you're playing against uh, miracles or cloud post, you're going to go to time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it was fun. I like the deck. Um, I can't decide what I like better is the death. Deathblade version that runs Splashes Green uh, to have access to Deathright Shaman, uh, or at least, you know, get full value out of death, Deathright Shaman, or just the straight Esper list. Hmm. But the deck was cool. I didn't really... I think I went uh, 2-2 in the daily event, and then I played, like, four, uh, you know, single cues, and I won all four of those. Wow. Yeah, but I was negative value because it costs $2 to, um, enter the two-man queues and the prize is a booster pack worth $1.90. So you effectively lose money winning at Magic Online right now. Okay.
0: So, so I, uh, I I did set to mention something earlier too that was, um, because it's, it's the value right now. Yeah. Uh, so I was talking to that, um, the guy from the Wizards cupboard and, uh, yeah, you know, I was talking about like so I've seen some of the stores that are just straight gaming stores that try to just cater to just the gaming community and stuff and, and um you know, I can appreciate it, but like they're gonna make money on singles, so when they start really dropping their prices um because they wanna try to offer to the community, then you get you know, a lot of the players will game the system whatever way they can. And so me and this guy were talking now, he's got and this was kinda of funny funny because I can see this, right? Um he's got monster energy drinks at his store. Okay. He charges a dollar seventy-five for them. Oh, that's pretty good. He charges fifty cents for a bottle of water. Okay. Now the, the gas station diagonally charges it. You, if you buy two Monster Energy drinks, they're two for four dollars. <laughs> so, that, but the guys that play there will go over to the gas station and come back with two Monster Energy drinks that they just paid two dollars for, but he's got them for a dollar Why? Uh, because gamers will game the system because it's about playing the game, but God forbid you actually find value.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that's like I love, you go to CVS sometimes and there will be like, um... One for $1, two for $2 in, like, big neon signs. You know, it's not as obvious as that, but <laughs> you do the math out and you're like, I'm not saving
0: anything. I'm just buying more for no reason. <laughs> yeah, well, in Massachusetts, it's different. They actually have to. Yeah. Like if, if a store sells something two for two bucks in Mass, they actually have to sell one for a dollar then. You know, other places can actually hold you to the well. you need to purchase two. One is at the regular price. Is that true? Uh It was when I worked at Hess. I don't know if that's true anymore. I mean, well no the the signs like at has it Hess it would say for example monster energy drinks 2 for 2 bucks uh individuals 239 but when they come up to the register the register can't ring it in at 239 because it's it was at the time it was against mass state law. Oh wow, I didn't know that. I wonder if that's still yeah. the case.
1: You
0: couldn't force you couldn't force the single purchase. Wow. It was it was it was um
1: uh, you're saying gamers game the system, but then... Uh... Yeah, but that's
0: thing you find value, right? Right, <laughs> it's, all about, it's because... all about playing
1: the game, whether you win or lose.
0: Well, no, but sometimes, sometimes it's about playing the game to find the value. You don't want just straight value. Like, yeah. I mean, a lot of people say, like, I just want straight value. Well, if you just want straight value, you probably shouldn't be playing Magic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you're fucking buying card, you're buying... You know, all right, so for Legacy, right, let's say it's one event. I'm going to go buy a $2,000 deck to win $80 in store credit. What the fuck sense does that make? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like. If you want straight value, just buy gold. <laughs> no, wait, no, don't buy gold. That Gold is bad value right now. <laughs> well, it's only bad value if you actually compare it to an $80 Magic card, right? You right? that what you're saying?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess if you're comparing it to cardboard or gold, I guess I would go with gold, but <laughs> I would not advise purchasing gold at this time.
0: <laughs> or invest in resources in real estate, right?
1: <laughs> ah, real estate is the uh, the universal resource.
0: Yeah, well that I mean, it's true, magic the too. To Buy your dual lands first. Yeah, always invest in real estate. The um one of the guys I used to work with used to talk about like he would invest in uh gas companies and electric companies. Yeah, which, utilities. Yeah, it seemed to work out for him. So he was he was telling me always invest in resources. He's he's the only person that actually wasn't telling me invest in real estate. Which is actually different down here too, Jerry. Yeah. So hey, the real estate the real estate like a local was, already. <laughs> I've, I've been hanging out with the locals, buddy. Um, so I mean, yeah, I mean, real estate's cheaper down here, but like the eviction process is too. Like it, it, it in Massachusetts, really, the, a lot of the hand is at the tenant. You know, like in Mass, we could just rehold, we can withhold rent, and they have it's a long process to evict me out. Mm-hmm. In Florida, it's not the same thing, way, man. <laughs> they can get you evicted in three weeks.
1: Yeah, I know. It's really hard. Massachusetts has a lot of um, you know, renter protection. Uh yeah. where you really it's really, really difficult to evict people. But yeah. I'm not I'm not surprised then Florida. <laughs> Florida Florida's famous for having just like the crazy news stories.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it is Florida, not like the rest of us. That's there's yeah. <laughs> <funny. laughs> just some stuff I'm watching going, This is a nice place to visit, but I don't think I'd want to live here.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, w- I was down in Florida for a wedding not too long ago. Uh, I am interested to see, you know, where the legacy hotspots are in Florida because I know it's not over, you know, a lot. It's not very heavily legacy based down there because Star City Games stopped doing legacy opens. Uh, down there because of low attendance, but I know there was a very vocal minority in the Florida region who are really upset about that, so there definitely are some legacy players. I wonder if any of our listeners are a uh, legacy Florida player.
0: Um, I, That's what I was looking up, because uh, I went to the Facebook group, and I'm going to try to figure out what to do with that, because... Oh, something yeah. Just, <laughs> something just got corrupted there. Yeah, but um, Yeah. So so we, I, I no, we made it. it,
1: Adrian. We made it. We, we've been hacked. <laughs>
0: any, any of our listeners haven't
1: uh, been to the Facebook group, some uh, random bot is posting ads on the Facebook group.
0: So we'll so, get that cleaned up. So I was going through on my way down. I'm looking up like, well, who do I know that's down here? And the closest, the closest I could come up with was uh, Evan Nyquist. Now, he's in Atlanta. And I'm like, all right, well, let me. So I look it up on the map, and I'm like, how far is Atlanta from where I am, dude? That's like six New England states away. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm like,
1: this, this is a fucking hike. Yeah, Yo, once you get out of New England, states start getting pretty big.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I and I start that's what, I, and it's funny because I start comparing them to like, you know, I can make it across Connecticut in an hour. Uh, I'm like, yeah, I can make Atlanta in less than six connecticuts.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but the, I, know, um, I drew. I drove from my uh work in New Hampshire. Down to a friend's house in Providence, Rhode Island, and I think it took me like an hour and a half.
0: Right, right. That's three states in an hour and a half. <laughs> oh, and so, um, you know, and I was looking it up, and I'm like, well, I always hear about that South Florida Magic. Let me see where that is, and I looked that up. That's like four hours away. But I'm gonna check it out. Well, when I get down here, I'm asking like some of the stores around. I'm like, you guys know anything about South Florida Magic? And they're like, no, I never heard of it. And I'm like, really? I'm from Massachusetts. And I've heard of it. I'm like, okay. Uh, I don't know if I've heard of it. Where have you heard of them from? South Florida Magic, they put up a lot of content. They put up a lot of legacy content. Oh, really? Actually, yeah, in the Facebook group, someone mentioned it a while ago. They're like, oh, you know, I can stop posting up this link because they stream their legacy events. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, you didn't notice that? Somebody was going to stop putting up the link a while ago. I think it might have even been uh, Thomas LeGuinette after we look and double check, but. Um, yeah.
1: Oh, I, I'd love to look into that because legacy content is uh, pretty hard to come by these days.
0: Well, yeah. So, so I'm like, well, let me figure out what the South Florida Magic is. Now, it's down near, you know, I'm so I'm I'm near Tampa, Mm -hmm. and they're near Boca Raton, which is apparently like four hours away. Yeah. And so, I'm talking to some of the people around who have never heard of South Florida Magic. They they thought I was making it up. (laughs) Like no, dude. it's Like (laughs) apparently it sounds like it sounds like what SouthFloridaMagic.com is is like a handful of guys, you know, and like if I tried to relate it to what I know. It might be like, and I'll find out more when I go if, if and when I can go down there. Um, picture I'm picturing like Josh, Nick, Dan, um, you know, a bunch of the fucking solid players that just play all the time and play every week that like know the format, put that put up content and stream their legacy event. Like that's how I'm imagining it. And like where we play at TE, these guys it looks like play at um, a place called Docking Bay Games. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna head down there and check it out. Now, now the impression that I get. Is that there isn't much legacy around here in Florida, but when I get down towards Boca Raton, uh, it it sounds like it's more affluent, and that the guys down there have legacy and vintage decks.
1: <laughs> it's all the so, like Cuban drug lords playing Legacy. <laughs> what the fuck
0: is going on? Right? So I'm tempted to go down there and like it's it half and half, right? Like I, I love Tin fins. This Burning Reanimated deck is fun. And like part of me's thinking that's too bad. That's the impression I'm going to make with these guys.
1: <laughs>
0: no, guys, seriously, <laughs> I'm a real player.
1: <laughs> it's like the only thing worse is that I think if you showed up with like Char Belcher. <laughs> like no offense to the player, the the Char Belcher players who listen to the podcast, but uh, you know if someone says like yeah I play Char I play Legacy, I'm like oh what deck do you play? It's like Char Belcher. I'm like. You'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> you just keep showing up, kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean the,
0: the the decks are super fun and sometimes you do just want to go off. <laughs> but It was it was actually kinda cute. I thought about it, so I was driving down the road and I had to take a turn onto Belcher Street. <laughs> oh my God, was out. <laughs> <laughs> so fitting. <laughs> mm. Oh man. But yeah, that's
1: that's pretty awesome. I always you know, I, I always wonder about that if I ever move out of the New England area. Uh, how difficult it would be to find a new legacy scene. Because from what I understand, uh there are a lot of parts of the country where legacy just does not exist at all. And there's yeah. just these, you know, sweet hot spots around the country where they're legacy diehard fanatics. Like apparently New Jersey is huge into legacy.
0: Sure, sure, and so is Worcester. <laughs> yep, and so is Worcester, Massachusetts. <laughs> but it, it seemed, these guys were like kind of flut, I'm like, no, where I play, we fire off like a 30 man every week. And I'm like, yeah, I know, I'm not making it up. Man.
1: Yeah, whenever so, I talk to people from around the country, they're always shocked that we can do a 30 man every week.
0: Yeah, I mean, some weeks is 15, but like we'll get weeks where us over 30. You know, 32. Um, or there's some weeks where it's you know three
1: months without playing Legacy because Mother Nature won't let you play. Mother Nature lets me play.
0: No, <laughs> <not about it. laughs> uh, I think
1: I think I did the math, and I I've only been able to play at Thatcy, uh like three times since January. Yeah, I don't think I've seen you there in a while. It's I I literally try every week, and every week I can't go because either there's a blizzard, there's a stupid holiday, or there's a stupid pre-release, or it's modern. What stupid modern? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally for the last three weeks. So can't go tomorrow because it's Easter. Thanks, Jesus. <laughs> can't, can't go. Uh, couldn't go last week because it was the pre-release, and then couldn't go the week before that because it was modern. Or maybe modern pre-release or Switched, I forget. But, yeah.
0: And then you couldn't go there the week before because? I went the week before. No, you went to Philadelphia. Oh,
1: wait, no, I played I played Legacy in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> I went the week before that.
0: Yeah, we're trying to see. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to see, too. He posted it up. I'm curious if Celso's actually going to make it up for breakfast. Yeah, I saw that. I'm pretty pumped. Yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna wanna get some practice. I'm, I'm under the impression anyway. I'm not gonna say what he's gonna wanna do, but I'm under the impression that if he's gonna do the SCG Open, he's probably gonna wanna grind out a few games first, at least the TE. And I'm curious how the attendance is gonna be at TE, because, uh, there yeah. were a lot of guys that were showing up to practice up to the SCG Open.
1: Yeah, SCG Open's coming up. What is it, like the first week of May or the second week of May? I think it's closer to the last week of May. The last week of May? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, May is a busy month for me. I have a cousin's wedding and a bunch of stuff going on.
0: Yep. So, so here's uh here's some other cute little stuff, right? Cuz I came down to Florida and uh I I wanted to like see and try stuff that I don't get the chance to try at home. Right? Mhm. So, I went out looking for biscuits and gravy. <laughs> <laughs> i, mean, I, I don't really plan. think of
1: florida as like the southern food mecca uh,
0: <laughs> you, I mean, you gotta, gotta go to like mecca,
1: but... if you want good like grits and gravy you gotta go to like georgia or uh virginia
0: uh sure but i went to a place called ambrosia and the biscuits and gravy were fucking silly <laughs> <laughs> they were good they were good and then i had some grits there too now i've been going around looking for crocodile um yeah crocodile is actually really good uh that's I, what i'm hoping to find out yeah i went to uh, go to an
1: alligator reserve i know it's really big in the orlando area because it's very touristy down there but yeah my parents parents love florida so they used to drag us down as kids there every year and um yeah. uh yeah i had a uh, gator chicken nuggets
0: yeah that's what I'm, I'm i'm probably gonna go hit a sports bar and see if i can find some gator but let me let me let me mention this to you jerry because i know you're italian right? okay so <laughs> I'm trying to see if I can find Crocodile the other night. Me and my aunt go out and we get into this neighborhood. Uh, if you ever make it down to, I don't care, any part of Florida, go to this place. Okay. Uh, it was called like, uh, Pia's and it's, it's in a place, it's in Gulfport, Florida. All right. Okay. You with me? I'm with All you. Right. I'm with you. I went, I went there one night with one of my aunts and I went back the next night with another one of my aunts. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it was so good. Um, we walked in. I was just gonna get like I don't even know what the hell I was gonna get, but as soon as I sat down, I started smelling the marinara. Yep, I had had to get it, and I think they made marinara with sun dried tomatoes. It it was the food was incredible, and and I went back there the next night with my other aunt, and 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 so here I am. I'm in Florida looking for crocodile, and I'm wondering how did I end up at an Italian restaurant in Florida. You know, and, and so when I think of Massachusetts, I think Irish, like if I want to get Irish Eggs Benedict or something, but if I start thinking like Italian food, I'm thinking New York, you know uh, what I mean? Uh,
1: Boston's pretty big on the, it- I mean, there's the entire sure. North
0: End, like the, yeah, th- the North End is good, I'm just, when I think of Italian food, I think of New York. Yeah, but to be fair, there's more, you know,
1: French restaurants in New York than Paris. <laughs> it's, it's just a matter of New York just having everything, but I
0: can see what you're saying. All right. So anyway, so I'm trying. To, I'm asking myself, how did I end up at this Italian restaurant, right? And um, the tiramisu was incredible. <laughs> the, uh, so I went there the next day with my aunt. my aunt's going. This is the best Italian food I've ever had. <laughs> and she's like, and then it's like ten minutes later, she, it dawned on her. She's like, and I've been in Rome. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. If you ever get the chance, if anybody's ever down in Gulfport or anywhere near Florida, go to Gulfport and find a place called Pia's. Yeah. The food is incredible. Like you could eat, so we went, we went down, we're eating outside, but we were outside on like this patio thing and above was all like, uh, like grass hut. And, and I'm looking around and you know what it reminded me of? Have you watched Goodfellas? Uh, yeah, not for a while though. Alright, well when they start burning that place down, and they're putting up like wax toilet paper to burn, they had, yeah. they had a thatch hut top like that and I'm like, ah, oh, this is, but it was, it was really cool. It was really cool. That's awesome. Well,
1: speaking of Italian food and Italian language and foreign language, in you know, <laughs> you know, Italian,
0: Italian chains of emphasis, in Italian chains of emphasis, yeah, you like that segue? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, Star City Games recently uh, announced they're going to start uh, having a buy list for foreign language cards, which I'm actually pretty excited on because a lot of legacy players like to pimp their decks out with foreign cards, but oh foreign cards are kind of a two edged sword because it's really hard to resell foreign cards. Yeah, Um, depending on the card. Yeah, depending on the card. I mean, you know, the Legacy Staples, you'll probably always be able to find buyers for them, but a lot of foreign language cards would usually sell for a discount from their English cards because people didn't really want them as much. But,
0: yeah look, I, I i tend to not play foreigns myself,
1: yeah but i think t c g player definitely started the ball because t c g player added uh foreign language uh cards and now mm-hmm. star city games and i think channel fireball may has announced it as well um having this you know bigger market for them, i think is really gonna help the uh legacy community as far as um you know finding these decks uh these cards for their decks. That's pretty wild. Yeah, so I, I think that's really cool that they started doing that. You know, I, it took me two years to find four Italian brainstorms.
0: Is there, is there any, uh, I mean, do you have any idea, like, yet as to, um kinda like a comparative difference between, say, an Italian bayou and an English bayou?
1: Uh, Italian's always, uh, a sticking point, especially for legacy cards, because for whatever reason, Wizards of the Coast way overprinted the Italian language. So okay. that's why Italian Legends cards are so much cheaper than English Legends cards
0: because there's mm-hmm. just a whole bunch more of them out there. Right, um, but I'm talking about like I'm talking about the dual lands, even like the the German bo- flat bo- flat Jeez, I can't even speak. Whatever the hell they were just giving away in Philadelphia. The German, foreign black border the ones, foreign black border. Dual. That, <laughs> so, yeah, that's also what
1: it comes down to because there's foreign black border and then there's also foreign white border. Right. Foreign black border definitely has the premium like uh foreign black border uh tundra I just bought was like $400 compared to like $200 for the English one.
0: Oh, but, that's too bad. Your dad could have took your mom out for dinner. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but he can do that with his own money. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: so I just picked that up and uh and by just picked that up I mean back around Christmas time. Uh and but that's just because of like the black border. Uh um, yeah the white border ones are actually at a discount what i was seeing they were they were usually around like a 15 to 20 percent discount for the italian ones out of curiosity how do you feel about the playability difference um it depends on the language so i feel with you know italian spanish uh, french those ones don't really people most don't even notice usually especially like the spanish ones because people are so uh, focused on the art that they can recognize it immediately unless it's some random out there card. I think it comes up more with the different um, alphabet like that's why my favorite language to collect is Russian uh, but Russian, Korean, Japanese, Chinese those ones are a lot more aesthetically pleasing to a lot of people and I think people notice them a lot more.
0: I just well what I mean is just the border. Like what I what I mean is so I play you know, I all my cards are English, all my cards are non foil. If I correct a fetch land and grab a duel, I like it to be because I can find that faster in the deck.
1: Yeah, oh I remember that. There was a guy at That's E who played Storm and all his um uh targets for uh what's the tutor they run in, in Storm? The uh the Hellbent huh? one. Yeah, and for uh-huh. all his Infernal Tutor targets, he actually um, used an eraser and made all his targets for Infernal Tutor white border. Oh, well, that's pretty cute. So it was like easier for him to find. Personally, mm-hmm. I like the aesthetic value over the ease. You know, if it takes me an extra <laughs> it, if it takes me an extra three seconds finding a dual land with a fetch, so be it. I'd much <laughs> rather
0: have it look nice while I'm getting it. So you're more of a luxury car, not a sports car kind of guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want it i want it fast and done. Yeah. See, I want—I want, I I want it to look nice. Strange decks, and I
1: play combo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. But I mean, the the amount of time you save having it, you know, easily found is pretty negligible, in my opinion. Oh, it just saves my frustration level. Yeah. I mean, even when I fetch, I pick up half my deck because it's you know. Uh, too awkward too many times i've seen people fetching and then like the sleeves are new so the deck slips and they just drop their deck all over their board state (laughs) and that's probably real awkward for the judge to figure out i just pick up the whole deck because i'm gonna have to shuffle anyway well what i do is i pick up half the deck because it's just easier to go through half the deck and if you're finding a dual land you're it's probably going to be at least one of them is going to be in that half of the deck and then i just pick up the other half and shuffle
0: Okay, maybe, yeah, I mean, when you play a combo deck, you play ten fetches and two duels. <laughs> yeah, so with a you know ten fins, you kind of have to pick up your
1: whole deck, but
0: <laughs> if I'm playing like a three color
1: deck, I'm probably gonna get at least one dual end in that pile that I pick up.
0: Hmm.
1: but yeah, it's it's so bad when you're at a tournament and you look over and there's some guy with his entire deck like laid out in front of him and he's not playing dredge. <laughs> <laughs> you just hear, oh damn, and then like cards going everywhere.
0: Yeah, dredge is awesome. I haven't seen a good dredge deck in a little while now. Well, speaking of graveyard decks, uh, did
1: you see the uh, reanimator deck took down the last uh, SCG Invitational?
0: Uh, was it was it normal reanimator?
1: Uh, yeah, just regular old reanimator. Hmm. Um, so yeah, first that I don't think it's won in SCG probably since Grizzlebrand was printed because I know Reed Duke took it down um, the first week Grizzlebrand was legal. But mm-hmm. I don't think Reanimator has won since then. It's mm-hmm. you know, it's consistently top eight. It's definitely a tier one deck. It's always in the top eight or top sixteen, but it just doesn't really ever win uh tournaments, I feel.
0: So it's looking like return to the combo decks then? Um,
1: yeah, definitely. Combo decks are I don't think we're at the peak yet. I still think we have a little ways to go of combo decks before they're at, uh, you know, full force again, but they're definitely on the upswing.
0: Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out what I actually want to sit down at the SCG Open with. I, I do want to put back to, I want to put, uh, Mono Blue Omni Show back together and play it a little bit and screw around with it. So, so, and we were talking about it, so when I was, and I'm going to mention it again, so when I was down at, uh, that Wizards cupboard, I was talking to the guy and I'm like, yeah, I, because we were talking about like some of the cards that are mythic or whatever and bulk, and and he was talking about getting uh, some of his cards altered just because, um, but and then I was talking to him like yeah I'm kind of floored that omniscience is fifteen bucks. Is like, it the up last to fifteen bucks? The last time I looked, I mean you're at a computer you'll be able to tell faster than me, but the last time I looked yeah. And then I was talking to him and I'm like, even and, and then I said something about Flusterstorm and he's like, oh yeah, <laughs> he's, he's like it's fourteen dollars and I'm like, how many you got?
1: <laughs> <laughs> i would have been so a
0: little more subtle but <laughs> I how many? You got. and he's he's fine he looks them up he's like oh i don't have any i sold them out at 34 i guess i'm like oh, okay but yeah i mean he had he still had like sealed counterpunch decks he had the th- he had the commander decks from that had fluster stone and scavenging was still up on the shelf wow like he's got, yeah he's got sealed product he doesn't uh it was it was he can do he had some serious inventory Oh, so. yeah, this is uh it, it was it looked like a distribution warehouse. It was uh, really interesting.
1: That's pretty awesome. So I just looked up Omniscience too. Mm-hmm. Uh TCG Mid on Omniscience is $17.61. And
0: that's non-foil.
1: That's non-foil. Foil is 45.
0: What's what does SCG have, them at? They, they got to have them cheaper than TCG.
1: SCG Star City Games will have them more expensive than TCG. TCG is pretty much the you know, cheap, cheap way to get it.
0: Yeah, you said that the last time and you said, I don't overpay for my cards, but your TCG price was actually higher than Star <sighs> Alright,
1: that is a rare, rare instance when that <laughs> happens. <laughs> but let, I will, I will, uh, humor you. I, I appreciate that, my good man. Oh, look at that, Omniscience, $18.19 on SCG. Now, what
0: do you, what, what, what do you think about that? I don't know why, <laughs> I mean... I, I'm surprised Omniscience is going up and Show and Tell is not. Yeah, exactly, like, Show and Tell's down to $60. Humor, humor me, humor me, what's, what's Dream Hall's at? I'm going to be shocked if this is... Because <laughs> I know, even the people that play Mono Blue Omni show side out Dream Halls. they don't like it
1: on SCG yeah i played dream halls for a while and i just wasn't a fan because it just helps your opponent too it's i don't like that it's yeah. it's both players um, dream halls on SCG is $8 but it's sold out uh, let's see TCG
0: yeah i should stick mono blue on the show back together then even even like with dream halls at least the fence grid makes it better yeah dream halls
1: uh $7.84 tcg mid yeah, I just, I don't
0: understand why Omnishow is going up. Omniscience is climbing and the enablers are, are not. It seems weird. Yeah, is I mean, maybe
1: EDH, but that also doesn't really make that much sense. I get it's like, it's getting older, but, you know, usually once you get a year out, it's, uh, it peters out unless it sees a huge amount of play increase.
0: Yeah, and and I don't know about you, but it's a deck we—I don't think it's a deck we've seen in a while. No, I haven't seen it in forever.
1: I mean, I saw no, it on moto the I, other night, but <laughs> I haven't seen it in I,
0: paper in a while. When I see it, it's scary. It's, yeah, it's it's, it's it's like the best combo deck that can protect itself. Um. Yeah, it's
1: just—it's also one of the slowest combo decks. Is the problem?
0: It's about as fast. No, it's got to be as fast as uh, I, I imagine. It has to be as fast as sneak and show. Um, maybe not as resilient, because all all the Storm cards hate it out too, but... Its problem is, if you show and tell... It's a three-card combo,
1: whereas other show and tell decks are a two-card combo. If you show and tell Emrakul, you win the next uh, turn by swinging with Emrakul. But if you show and tell a omniscience into play, unless you also have that enter the infinite, you basically did nothing other than let your opponent put a permanent into
0: play for free. No. That's where I disagree with you. And that's really where I disagree with you. If you you show and tell an omniscience, you just need a ponder or a brainstorm or a preordain or a dig two time, or you, anything. You tell that. Time.
1: You tell that to the guy I played in the daily event the other day because he show and tell. He show and told a omniscience into play, then ponder, brainstormed, and then passed turn. Meanwhile, he had, of course, it will.
0: <laughs> yeah, he
1: probably like he had nothing in hands. Meanwhile, I put a batter skull into play off that show and tell and proceeded to beat his face in.
0: Oh, he should have just grabbed the uh, sapphire charm and phased that token. Out. <laughs>
1: yep, too bad he didn't have it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and should, but you know, even, even cunning wish to intuition—I mean, it's just—I'm—I'm I'm surprised the deck doesn't see more play with uh dig through time because I think that's probably the best dig through time deck.
0: I, I've been—I've been thinking that for a long time because especially been...
1: when you're just playing for free. <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't like dig through time in anything. It's—it's it's such, but in that deck, it sets you up to combo out, and it is—it combos you out. Afterwards, too.
1: Yeah, it's effectively, you know, copies four through eight of uh, Enter the Infinite, because you're going to find an Enter the Infinite off a of Dig Through Time.
0: Well, yeah, even a lot of the decks now, actually, they don't use four Enter the infinite. They'll use one Enter the Infinite and three copies of dig- and four copies of Dig Through Time.
1: Ah, I actually really like that, because when I played the deck, I hated hated drawing copies of Enter the Infinite when I wasn't comboing off. It's a dead mm-hmm. card at any other time.
0: You're just ready to pitch it to Force of Will, and any card that... All, the, where it, the only thing it's useful for it is pitch to pitch the force a little well, as garbage to me. But, you know, the thing the thing I didn't like about... There's a couple things I didn't like about the Monarch Blue deck was um, I don't like releasing the answer. I don't like playing that. Like, yeah, that. it's just because it's such, like... I feel it's such
1: a slap-in-the-face way to win. I'm going to kill it's, you it's, one damage at a time.
0: Yeah, it's, it's not... Yeah, it's it's no fun playing it, and it's no fun having it cast. But, the um, you know, what I really liked was actually... The blue-red on the show I was playing a while ago with Burning Wish and Cunning Wish, so I could get Petals of Insight.
1: Yeah, I like the Petals of Insight way. That's how, when I was playing the deck, it was before the release, the Ants version had come out, uh, and it was running the Petals of Insight, uh, which I thought was a lot better.
0: It was something else I saw that was cute in a list a while ago. I ended up picking up a copy of it. It was a red card. It worked like Stormseeker, but in reverse. Uh, it was like target opponent takes... Uh, this card deals X damage to target opponent, where X is the number of cards in my hand. Huh. I f- yeah, I forget what it was. I'll have to look it back up. But- That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was like another sorcery. <coughs> I was out of the Blue-Red Sorcery Speed Omni show, and, and really, the Sorcery Speed Omni show was, um, you know, it's a lot of fun. It's just so weak to Rishadon Port. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I...
1: Rishadon Port, I feel... If you're afraid of Rishadonport, Port, I'm wondering what your priorities are. Because <laughs> I don't enter a tournament, like, expecting to play a whole bunch of Rashad in ports. Like, maybe a year yeah. ago when Death and Taxes was huge, but... Yeah.
0: That and deck's and Death just really taxes. falling
1: off the face.
0: Right, and Death and Taxes, and um, it actually gave Goblins better game against me when I was doing the Omni show. Because they would play port too, right? Yeah, they played port, but I mean, once again,
1: you're afraid of something that's probably not even 1% of the meta.
0: Right. Yeah. Like, I think Death and Taxes but it, but it,
1: plus Goblins let makes up about 1% of the ma- meta together.
0: Well, Death and Taxes, right, is less played now. But, and in, in, again, you know, both of those decks, uh, I should just be able to chew out with Timkins.
1: Yeah, but you can't just you know go into every matchup and then whenever you lose, say I would have won that with death with uh, tin fins. You just kind of have to separate. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yes, you're right. You can do that, but yes, it's not right. Um, (laughs) I just feel that's that sets yourself up for tilt. Um, Oh, it's it's close-minded. Yeah, I I I feel that's one of my biggest strengths as, as a player is that I just don't go on tilt. You know, I see my friends in tournaments and they'll just, you know, they'll lose round one and they'll drop the entire tournament. And I'm like, you can still, you're still way in this. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But uh that, I and I feel it's just because I avoid things like that, you know, not looking at the top card of your deck when you're deciding, you know after you decide to mull again. Um, uh-huh. You know, not focusing on, oh, if I had just been playing this deck instead, this matchup would have been super easy. But keep in mind, if you're in, like, round four of a tournament and you were playing a different deck, you may be in an entirely different bracket and not have versed that deck in the first place.
0: Yeah, you bet. Oh, that's yeah, that's what I was thinking this way. Sometime, you know, a little while ago, I... I Picked up elves for a weekend, and for a weekend, and I figured I'd uh, screw around with elves a little bit. And it's it's weird because you know you pick up those other decks and the decks that I'll normally beat, I lose to, and the decks I normally lose to, I beat. Yeah, totally different decks. It's just what happens. Yeah, my matchups change around a bit, and you know sneaking show is kind of fun to play. Uh, I just I think I want to try on the show a little bit just to.
1: Yeah, I kind of want to get back on the combo bandwagon. Now, I haven't played a combo deck in a long time. Like I yeah. borrowed, I borrowed your tin fins for a uh, win a box. Down in New yeah, down yeah. in New Jersey. But that that was I hadn't played combo for a couple months before then, and I haven't played combo since then. So yeah. I really, I think after this SCG uh, coming up, where I'm gonna run bugdover, I'm gonna uh I'm gonna put sneak and show together and run that because I got all the pieces for it, and then I never got a chance to play it.
0: You're gonna be you're gonna try. Are you gonna play that at Worcester at all? Uh,
1: not until after the Star City Games, but I, I definitely bring uh, Sneak and Show to a couple that'sy you know Sunday events.
0: Yeah, I might. I might I'm probably gonna end up sticking tests together for a little bit. Like yeah. before the before the SCG, but I, I was I was wondering if you're gonna stick Sneak and Show together. We should just actually like work on a list for it. Yeah,
1: what we got to do. What we gotta do is enter a, uh, two-headed, uh, giant legacy event. (laughs) Have you ever done one of those? Do they actually do those? Is that really a thing? Not too often, but there's a store here (laughs) in, uh, store here in Boston that does them. And, uh, we literally, me and my friend Mike, we designed these two decks where I was playing Tin Fins and he was playing Mono Blue Counterspells. (laughs) sounds <laughs> horrible. So yeah, his deck was literally, his only win condition was Jace the Mind Sculptor, and then it was both Mono Blue counter spells, and I was playing Tin Pin, and his goal was to let me win. <laughs> <laughs> Please allow me to introduce myself, I'm a man of wealth and taste. I've been around for a long, long year, so many a man. So and faith. I was around when Jesus Christ had his moment of doubt and pain. Made damn sure the pilot washed his hands and sealed his face.